For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Yes, it is a football Friday here on Birds 365 after a game for the ages. Well, it might have been the prehistoric ages, but it was a game for the ages just the same. Last night's last preseason game of the year for the Birds, which means we look forward to opening week against the New England Patriots. Not before we depict the titanic tilt that was the Colts against the Eagles. John McMahon was right there taking it all in taking notes, deciding if this is going to be the difference between Eagles making the Super Bowl and not making the Super Bowl. Moved at all last night by the affair at Lincoln Financial Fourth Field, Mr. McMahon? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, you just have to go back to last year when the Eagles got waxed by the Dolphins in Miami. Um, you know, doesn't matter. Just forget preseason week three necessary evil we got through it the hurdle is through um you know uh and now you can get down to business as real tuesday cut down day but 48 players the eagles did not uh play uh yesterday was that the total number uh i'm sorry uh 42 42 um 48 they did have so basically they had a game day roster (laughs) <laughs> you know, regular game day <laughs> roster. Um, a little bit more, but uh, yeah, forty-two guys, and obviously Indianapolis went in a different direction with a young quarterback. So, um, and by the way, he did not look good. I mean, he's playing against you know third and fourth stringers, a couple second teamers, but mostly third and fourth teamers, and you know he wasn't good. So, Shane Steichen's got uh, a lot of work to do. 
Um, the Eagles don't, they don't care about the preseason. I mean, it's evident they're one, six and two now in the Nick Sirianni era. And remember, this is a team that made the playoffs, won the NFC championship. And a lot of people think has the best roster in football right now. And they're one, six and two in the preseason. Right. They don't care. Yeah, they don't. And it was evidenced by uh, the outcome of last night's game. And you wouldn't have known it. Yeah, Johnny, you were down there, so you probably didn't get the clue in much to the Amazon broadcast last night. Yeah, Herb Street and Al Michaels were talking up uh, Anthony Richardson of Blue Streak. And I get it. The kid's got a chance to become a star player somewhere down the road. But we're watching these passes uh, go off receivers' hands, being uh, deflected by Eagle D-backs, being overthrown. I'm going... Are we watching the same game here? He, he made a couple of nice yeah. plays. He flashed. Oh, yeah, you go, can okay, see it. You, you see, see it, it, but you know that it's woefully inconsistent. And I'm going, are we watching the same game? <laughs> Six yeah. of 17, really? And he's uh, the, the savior of the franchise? Not tonight. You're, you're deciding that off his physical traits, not what he's doing on the field right now. Come on. No, he, he's, he's a complete projection. Ironically, his best throw was – Pass to Josh Downs that Downs dropped. Uh, you can see it. So every once in a while you see it. Uh, but yeah, the consistency obviously isn't there. And as soon as Gardner got in there, Gardner Minshew is the best quarterback. Yeah, Gardner I mean, and, 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 you know, he was sharp and, you know, I think his passer rating was 135 against the backup. So that's what you want from a veteran guy. And, you know, to be honest, he's a, he's a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. I've said that from pretty much day one. And uh, uh, I don't think it, you know, it's not going to derail the Eagles season or anything like that, but uh, I think he should be the starter early in the season. And by the way, I don't even know if that's Shane Steichen's decision in that wacky organization, you know, uh, that's one of the problems when you get your first head coaching job and Nick says how lucky he got. Well, you know, typically you go to situations like Shane's in right now or Jonathan Gannon's in in Arizona where it's a complete mess because the last guy was so bad you had to fire him. You know, that's sort of what happens. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't the case here. It was more injury-related. Want to throw some COVID in there as well. Um, uh, you know, and obviously things went off the rails with Carson Wentz, but uh, the offensive line was in place. We talked about the defensive line was in place. Really good players, really foundational, good owner. Um, maybe a little bit scapegoatish, as I always say, when things don't go the way he wants, but better than, you know, the vast majority of other owners in this league. So um, Nick came into a good situation. Uh, Shane's got his work cut out for him. That's That's not a good football team, especially without Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, and they played some Taylor Swift. I, I joke foreshadowing for the soon to be backfield, uh, in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> Calm down people. But, uh, um, he's not coming here. The Eagles, you know, and people are going to talk about Devin Allen and Tyreek Maddox Williams and Ben Van Sumerin. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They've been working since April. These guys aren't making the team because they flashed um, on a meaningless game on August, whatever. I don't have my phone because I can't find my phone. Out of, out of the group that you just mentioned there, the only one that I would not say 100% stop it, it's a meaningless game. 
what has Britton Covey done this summer that you say he's locked into the returner's job? I know Devin Allen was hurt too. Wasn't like Devin Allen's looked great all summer, but he did have a very good kickoff return last night. Actually caught a pass. Um, uh, yeah, right. The the guys, uh, uh, the the kid from Timber Creek who showed up here three days ago had a great game. Yeah. Nice play, interception. He got no sure chance. Had two, by the way, dropped uh, dropped an interception right to him from Anthony Richardson. Dropped that one. Do you think he made um, the practice squad with that performance? He, he might have made the practice squad. I mean, they need so much help at linebacker, and he showed mm-hmm. some flashes, but you know. Uh, Nick obviously got asked about him after the game, and he said, yeah, I believe it was uh, – the question was essentially, what was your message to Tyreek Maddox-Williams? And he said, hey, hello, my name's Coach Because <laughs> You just met the guy. Um, and he went out there, and he, he showed some ability, and they need help at that position. So, yeah, I think maybe he did open up some eyes for the practice squad. Um, with Devin versus Britton Covey, first of all, they play different positions. Devin, Britton's the punt returner, not the kick returner. I, I don't think the door is shut. Um, if Devin's a kick returner, he's not a punt returner. Those things are different. I, for some reason, people don't think they're different. They're very different. They're different roles. Some people can do both, but not many. Um, you know, you have to have... Pump returners are – it's like slot receivers versus outside receivers. Pump returners got to have that short area quickness, that quick birth, the ability to make the first guy miss. Kickoff returns about breaking that one tackle, having the long speed and going. Um, I always say the best ever, as you know, Cordaro Patterson. That's, that's a kickoff returner. Break the tackle, boom, and you're off. And that's, that's what – and Devin's, you know – he know we know he can run. We, we you don't make the Olympic uh, hurdling team if you can't run. So, uh, but we know the issues, the age. He hasn't played in six years. He was hurt. But about Britain, yeah, I don't have him as a lock anymore because he's been hurt. Right. You know, and and the and old somebody's got to be their quote unquote returner. I get what you're saying. Punt return is one thing. Kickoff return is another. But they're both returners, so they're. They're tied together. They're not the same, but they're tied together. Swain, who they just picked up 10 minutes ago, did the punt returning last night. You don't think If anybody is returning punts beside Britton Covey in New England, it would be Alameda Zacchaeus. Um, And we'll see how much deference they pay to Britton Covey in a couple days because he has been out. Uh, Before he got hurt, I would have said 100%. Now I'm down to... 90-ish. I still think he's going to be there, but because I don't think it's a serious injury and they're just being cautious. But if you're not on the field, can't make the club in the tub, Chip Kelly says. Yep. All right, let me ask you about a couple of the 42 players that didn't play last night, and you're assuming that all 42 of those guys will be on the roster as of Tuesday, which means Johnny Mack for your contest. You only got to figure out 11 guys. You got 42 locks. Well, there were a couple injury guys in there. But, yeah, the vast majority. Like, there's – like, Mario Goodrich is a bubble player. He's got a groin uh, injury. Uh, Kyron Johnson's a bubble player. He had an appendectomy. Um, So, they weren't deference players. 
Moro Ojomo is probably the most difficult because he's he's got a concussion, um, or you know had a concussion, um, and he's a seventh round pick. So you have to weigh: can you get him through waivers and all that kind of stuff? Uh, the most interesting. They asked me this on the post game show. That's what Cantavia Street. That's where I was going next. Um, yeah, I didn't see that coming, and I I just don't. The numbers don't add up for me, but I'm I'm going to do my 53 as soon as we get off the air this morning. Haven't done it yet. Um, the numbers don't seem to add up to me. I mean, you have Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Marlon Tui Peloto, Milton Williams should be ahead of Marlon. That's five guys. You're going to keep six, and and a Jomo. You're going to keep seven to defensive t- <laughs> tackles. I, I even now they're incredibly deep. They're all NFL players. He's an NFL player. I've been saying this for weeks. Yep. Well, you, 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 that means you're going to be really light at other positions. Linebacker, most noticeably, most likely. Um, and you can do some manipulating after the initial 53 place. You can place a Jomo on IR, for instance, for four games. Um, and you can bring a linebacker back. You can sort of play those games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they're going to keep seven defensive tackles, I would just say, wow, wow. I mean, they don't want to lose anybody in that instance. If that if that's a hill that they've got to climb and they've got that many defensive, uh, I'll just go linemen, tackles, yes, and edge guys, too. They got a minimum of five edge guys, I would tend to think. So that's 11 defensive line. How the hell can you carry that's 11 defensive linemen? If you keep linemen? five and seven, that's 12. And, yeah, and they can't keep seven. Six six would be the max, I would think, on the defensive tackle side. Well, that means you got to cut, cut Street or a Jomo. And that means you got to cut one of those two. Or you could just put a Jomo on IR to begin with. Now, that, that takes him out for the entire year. And I'm sure they'd like to have him get a chance to progress, have their hands out rather than uh, basically put them on a shelf for an entire year. But that is a possibility that they could just IR them for the Yeah, but you got to have documentation to prove it's a season. Like you used to be able to do that. George Allen was famous for doing that for old school football fans uh, with the old Redskins. What, what, um, what, are we, what are we talking about here, John? We're talking about mean? a concussion. Yeah. What, what is the NFL most guarded about? If they're going to lean toward cutting a team sometime, what are they going to cut you the most likely? That would be a concussion because that is the yeah, all-important concern for the National Football League. They also have a structured uh, uh, policy, um, you know, and it is the all-encompassing concern. But you have all this documentation, uh, you know, serious concussions versus non-serious concussions. You know, some guys are cleared in two days. Some guys are cleared in two months. Some guys aren't ready for six months and on and on and on. Um, it, it is more complicated now to do that. And and the second part is you have a young player um, who you think has an upside and is not, let's be honest, doesn't have a season ending injury. He's fine. I've seen him. He's completely fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> By putting him on injury, he he also can't practice. Right. So you're trying to develop a, a player, and he can't practice. I just don't think that's a route they can go. So they have to make a decision. 
they can place them on IR, as I said, after the 53, um, and then they only lose him for four games. Right. But I don't think he's a candidate for pre-53. Look, I'm, I'm saying if they're in a really big roster crunch, and the question is, do we cut him and then attempt to get him through waivers and bring him back and potentially lose him, or just put him aside for the entire year if the, he has an injury that is enough they can get through it's a decision I have to make. Uh, I, and I by the way, that's an easy go. one for me because I'm like, yeah, all right, Contavious Street, you know, good player, NFL player, rotational player. Nice knowing you. I'm keeping the young guy. I mean, uh, you know, that's deep on the roster. I would, I would say the same, but yeah, then why isn't he playing last night? It's a good question. You know, maybe he's got an injury that we weren't made aware of um, uh, a little bit of a tweak. Um, it's always possible because that is the one name that said, I said, huh, that's weird. Right. And I, I either they mentioned on break because I don't know, but uh, I became aware that he wasn't playing. And I was thinking about him when I'm watching Kayvon Wallace making tackles with three minutes to go in the game. And I'm going, Contavious Street gets deferential treatment. Kayvon's got to be out there till the last three minutes. What do we read into this? Well, we read into this that they're still undecided. It's safety, John. Yeah, it's They have true. not made up their mind as to what they're doing other than Reed Blankenship is the man. And everything yeah. else seems to be on the table. Yeah. And, and I don't think Kayvon is, though. For As a starter, he's going to be on the team, but... Um, they're going to keep, I think they're going to keep all five safeties, uh, barring a trade or, you know, obviously. Um, and that includes, uh, Terrell Edmonds, Justin Evans, who started last night. They were the two starters, um, Sidney Brown and, and Kayvon. Um, yeah, they don't know what they don't know that, that, that they don't, or they're playing the goofy competitive advantage card to the hilt. Uh, which I think would be dumb. So I'm going to lean on. They don't know. Uh, and they're trying to decide between what I would describe as competency, and that would be Terrell Edmonds versus coverage, and that would be Justin Evans versus upside, and that would be Sidney Brown. I don't think Kayvon's in the equation to be the starter any longer. But he's so important on special teams, especially without Zach McPherson, and uh Bradley. Sean Bradley, uh there's he's he's not in danger of not being on the roster. And by the way, with Devin Allen, I know everybody's excited about the kick return then and, and the speed. What he impressed me more is a gunner. Gunner, on, on yeah. Punts. Um that I think that was more important for him. And he admitted that's probably more important for him um long term because he did a really good job as a gunner. Um which, you know, you could say it makes sense because he's fast, but it, there's more to it. you got a bunch of fast guys in the NFL. Not a lot of them could be good gunners. So there's sort of a, you know, there's something to it as well. All right. I uh, need to get uh, some uh, internal business straightened out. Fred Johnson, we talked about him either yesterday or the day before, that he was released, but he wasn't released, that it showed up on the cup, but wasn't the – well, Memo he was released. Up, yeah, yeah, he, was, he released. was released, but then immediately re-signed a new contract, and he did not play last night, correct? No, he started at left tackle. Oh, he started. But, okay, but uh, 
And he's about, but I mean, he's made the team. Um, yeah, they signed him to a two-year deal. So, you know, I asked the Eagles, you know, what what is the bookkeeping? Why can't you just tack a year on? Why do you have to cut him? Uh, is basically my question. And they gave me a non-answer answer. You know, we got a lot of one-year players, and and uh, they wanted they wanted to get the extra year because they like him and what he's done and all that kind of stuff. But it just still didn't answer the question of right. why did you have to do it the way you did it. Um, and the only answer I got was because of the his original contract, we weren't allowed to do it. So I asked Joel Corey, who's sort of my guy when it comes to contracts. Uh, he hasn't got back to me. He will. He always does. He'll he'll probably I'll probably have more clarification on that later today. But I yeah I don't I have no idea. Typically you just tack a year on, uh, but for some reason with the contract he signed, they couldn't do that and they had to cut him and sign him to a new two year contract. But he's a bested guy, so he didn't have to go through waivers. Um, and they just told him, and they have a good relationship, and they just said, hey, we have to do this, bookkeeping, procedural. So there was no danger of losing him. And that's another thing. When Remember that when you get down to the 53, because you can do that with veteran players. They don't have to go through waivers. The Dennis Kellys of the world, who I don't think is going to make the team, but you can do that with him. You could. You were talking about if you need a roster spot, you can cut Rick Lovato. They've done this in the past, mm-hmm. and 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 assemble that initial initial fifty three, and just bring him back after when you put somebody on injured reserve. You can play a lot of those games, and they already did it with with Fred Johnson. And Fred Johnson will be here as an Eagles offensive lineman. Who will the other fifty two be? Yeah, we'll talk about a bunch today and surely on Monday, too, before the Tuesday cut down. But we continue to need to recap this monumentous <laughs> 27-8-14 loss, to, 13 loss to the Colts last night. Uh, Johnny Mack was down there, as was Scott Grayson, Fox 29 sports director and host of Props and Locks. He joins us next here on Birds 365. <laughs> Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Magamac with Dan Birds 365. We've got Scott Grayson from Fox 29 to jump in with us uh, this morning. Scott, I didn't ask John this in the first segment I meant to, but we got uh, off on a tangent talking Eagles football. Funny how that works on Birds 365. Um, announced attendance, amount of people in the stands. Because I did not go. I watch it on TV like everybody else, like most of the Delaware Valley. Uh, and it wasn't exactly a roaring, raucous crowd. <laughs> it didn't come across that way on television. whole bunch of people, uh, no shows last night? Yeah, there definitely was that, you know. And I think one thing that I did notice, um, which I'm not surprised by, you see more kids in the audience for preseason games than you do uh, uh, during the regular season for very obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, the raucous yeah. crowd, the language you'll hear isn't quite the same. So um, that's what I noticed. It was more family-ish last night for the people that were there. Uh, and I think that's frankly what, you know, that's the game you say, hey, I'm going to take my young my young son or, or my family to um, just to go see what it's like. But yeah, you didn't have you didn't have a huge crowd there. And I think, you know, everybody obviously at this point is going, hey, it's finally over and we can yeah. move on to regular season football. Um, but you know, it, it is interesting that I heard you guys talking before, uh, I came on, I mean, the, the overwhelming sense you get when you go in the locker room after that game, that particular game is, you know, guys, you know, trying to hope their dream comes true and they get to make a roster. And if not here, did they do enough on film to get it somewhere else? And that's, I think what you take away and you remember that these people are human beings and, you know, they have dreams and, and they want to make that money too. And, and they want to live it out and, and that's what they're fighting for. Yeah, that and that part is true, Scott. And certainly guys like Tyreek Maddox-Williams, mm-hmm. uh, who's a local kid uh, from the area, was very excited. Rightfully so. I mean, Ben Ban Sumeran with 175 tackles. I forget what the final number was. I mean, <laughs> that's cool. Well, All you like got to do is knock off the five. You would have had it right, John. Yeah. Um, you know, Devin Allen making, making some plays. Um it's always cool for guys like that. And the best part of being in the locker room after the last preseason game is these guys are so happy to talk, They've, you know, they because, you know, they're not used to it. They're, we're always bogging down Kelsey and Lane and Jalen Hurts after games. And these guys get their moment. It's, it's actually pretty cool. That part of it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's it's a shame you go through the game because, I mean, that game last night in particular <laughs> – really felt like it was dragging. I mean, the last two minutes of the first half 
felt like it took a half hour. And uh, yeah. you get it. The coaches are working situations with these guys. And look, it does matter. I mean, anybody who wants to say the third quarterback battle doesn't matter can just look back at the San Francisco 49ers last year and say, yeah, it really does matter. But when you're in the middle of it here in the preseason and you're number one and number two are healthy, you're going. Well, I would argue, though, Scott, it wasn't a battle. I mean, Tanner. No, McKee, no, yeah, I agree. It was the yeah, wrong word to use, yeah. but um, it was something to watch. Uh, yeah. So, and yeah. Tanner, by the way, you kind of saw, I think he took a step back a little bit um, from the first two preseason games. You know, people were really excited, thinking maybe he could push Marcus Mariota for the backup job, who did not have a great summer. But you kind of saw, uh, you know, he's, you, you forget he's a six-round pick and he's playing against third and fourth teamers. And, you know, he made some plays, and, and, and you could see the upside, but he also missed some passes. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's nice to have with your third-string quarterback versus your first-string quarterback who was missing throws all over for poor Shane Steichen. Um, and he's got to go into an NFL season with Anthony Richardson, I mean, he the, the, he's playing against the Eagles, mainly third teamers, a couple second teamers, Terrell Edmonds, Justin Evans at safety, most notably the linebackers. But, um, boy, that 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 wasn't impressive from the Colts' standpoint. And you know they're winning whatever it was, seventeen thirteen at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like that's a win. If people are saying Nick Sirianni and I brought it up is one, six and two in the preseason. When your third string plays the first string of the other team, the 17, 13, that's a win for your organization. Yeah. And I think that the most impressive thing I saw from Anthony Richardson was his speed. When he did break the pocket yeah, and he well, started moving, he had the legs, but John, I agree with you. His, his timing with his receivers, he and Michael Pittman were not on the same page at all. Um, the throws were it's sometimes not even in the right zip code of the receiver he was aiming for. Um, yeah, there's a lot that I think they know they're going to have to unpack on film to get ready for the season uh, with that. Um, but yeah, I, and then the Colts have their issue. You're right, though. That was something that I did take away at halftime was look up and go, the Eagles have, like you said, you know, third teamers out there and they're holding this first string uh, to a respectable, very competitive score. Yeah. All right. I'll throw a guy out who I thought made the team last night. Probably was on the outside looking in before last night's game. No, they value the joint practices more than they do the actual game, but I thought the kid looked really good to me, and I think he reversed his status. Tell me if you agree or disagree, and if not, give me someone else who would fall into that category. I think Eli Ricks made the team. I thought he was their best cover guy last night. Uh, I don't think they'll get him through to the practice squad. If he gets cut, I think he's going to get scooped up. I think he made the team last night. Yeah, you're nice. I, I'll, I'll go first, John. I, I would agree with that. I, I thought he um, – look, some of those incompletions and bad throws from by Richardson were because of Ricks. Ricks yes. was, it was one possession I think he threw at Ricks multiple times in a row, um, and they were not completed. He either got a ball, a hand on the ball or was in such tight coverage that – Richardson decided to try to overthrow and put it where only maybe his receiver might be able to track it down and it floated out of bounds. So, um, no, I thought he had a great night last night. And like you said, the question is whether it's enough. And and you even went further, Jody, and and it is part of what these coaching staffs have to figure out with, you know, Howie. Uh, 
if we let a guy go, can we get him back on the practice squad? And and he's a guy, you're right, who if you choose to take that chance, and we all know how he will be a gambler uh, from time to time, um, that he might not come back to you. And and I, I agree with you, Jody. I thought he had a good night. Um, I thought he was right there step for step with every receiver. And again, this was when we're talking about the Colts number ones. He was going up against number ones. Michael yeah. Pittman, um, yep. Pittman and uh, Pierce, yeah. too. He had a nice play. Right. And I, so I thought – I agree with you, Jody. I thought he had a good night, and I think he I think he should make the 53. How about you, John? Uh, I'm going to stay thumbs down. Uh, I think the numbers game is too – just too uh, – it's too much to overcome. Uh, I think – I will say this. He made me hesitate. That's what I hate about the preseason game because we do this roster pool every year amongst the beat guys. And I'm like, I say to myself coming into that last game, Scott, I say, don't pay attention. Don't pay attention. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't. You know, I saw every practice. Um, Makai Gardner had a better summer than Eli Ricks. Eli made a couple splashy plays in the preseason. Uh, the pick six against a fourth string quarterback in Baltimore. And then last night against better players. So he did make me hesitate, but um, you know, outside and he's a strictly outside corner he can't play inside in the slot. You have Slay, you have Bradbury, um, you have Josh Job who's made the team. You have Kaylee Ringo who's going to make the team, even though, you know, by the way, Ricks was better than Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. All, all not, summer, not Ringo, just last night either. The only reason why Ringo's going to make the team is because he's a fourth-round pick. Correct. Uh, he has not had a good summer either, but he's going to make the team. Uh, that There's there's no doubt about it. And then you start talking Maddox as your fifth corner, as the slot guy. Then you need the backup for Abonte Maddox. And to me, that's where Mario Goodrich uh, comes in, who didn't dress, but he does have a groin injury. You also have Josiah Scott, um, and people forget about, and he's got versatility. Um, and as I said, Gardner had a better summer. I think he's he's look. They want him on the practice squad, and could he could he be claimed? Yeah, I guess. But you know, the Eagles, as one of the deepest teams in in football, probably get two or three players claimed. I think people overstate that and say, oh, they're going to get everybody claimed. Generally doesn't work that way because other teams are working with their own young guys that they like and they have a head start on them. So I think they'll be able to get him back on the practice squad. I think he, he made me hesitate, which is what you want to do for the coaching staff as well in the preseason. But that numbers game is just really difficult for him. So I, I agree with that. We'll see how it shakes out at the corner spot. I thought one of the interesting things, I didn't know what they're going to do at linebacker. I knew Nicobe wasn't going to play, and I thought Cummings wasn't going to play, and he didn't. But I also thought there was a possibility he may just do the one series thing. Um, and this, again, question for both you guys, John. I know it's your ballywick because uh, you got to make these decisions for your upcoming 53 men. How many linebackers are they going to keep? Well, I was talking about those roster games, and you can talk to this guy, but they might only keep three. I mean, because they can play games with Nicholas Morrow. Like, they, 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 he's another guy. He's bested. So he doesn't have to go through waivers. So he's a guy you could go up to and say, hey, we love you. We want you here, but we need this roster spot. 
as soon as we put insert name on injured reserve, we'll bring you back. You'll be there week one in, in Foxborough, but we don't have a spot right now. He could be a candidate to be that guy. The only three locked into me are, are Nicobe Dean, Zach Cunningham, and Christian Ellis. And that's, let's just say that's not the deepest position on the team. And I think, by the way, Tyreek Maddox-Williams, um, I think he made the practice squad on one game. And <laughs> Nick Sirianni joked. I don't know if you were in Nick's press conference, Scott, but – I got in halfway through. Somebody, uh, Olivia from the Inquirer, um, asked him, what was your message to Tyreek Maddox-Williams? And Nick said, hey, how you doing? I'm Coach Sirianni. <laughs> he just <laughs> met the guy. Um there's not much you can say, but in that difficult circumstance, he really – like, he should have picked off Anthony Richardson. Like, he dropped an interception. And then the interception he did get should have been a pick six if he didn't bobble it mm-hmm. and and sort of uh, let people get the, the uh, catch up to him. But he really, really played well. He deserves a lot of credit. Oh, absolutely. And he was a joy to talk to in the locker room, too. Yeah. It was one of those guys who truly appreciated the um, opportunity that he had. He, uh, you know, had family, had 20 family members in the in uh, the stands, he said. And look, that that's that's a memory nobody will ever be able to take away from him ever, no matter what happens in the next week. Um, and I think that's when you see the human being side of these people. And you remember um, they are human beings. And, and for him. Uh, I was certainly happy for him that he had that and for his family that they had the opportunity to see it. And and I think you're right. He probably at least made the practice squad of this team um, based on that because he didn't have much time to study a playbook or understand much of no. the playbook, but his basic knowledge, and he was in the right place. He the right looked time. like he knew how to play linebacker, and you agreed. can't say that about all the Eagles linebackers. No, agreed. And we all know that, you know, kind of go back to Jody's question, how he loves to scour these cut wire, you know, the cuts. And I would not hesitate to think that there might be a linebacker out there he would toy with bringing in. Um, that is one position I think he will be watching heavily for to see who is cut from some of these rosters and think about bringing in. Um, because I don't, I don't, they're not, we all agree, they're not settled. They're not going into this going, yep, this is it. We got the best linebacking group we could possibly have. And I think that's, I think that's a place they'll watch the cut wires for. You know, um, I'd sure. be surprised. Yeah. Um, I think they're happy with Zach Cunningham. I think, yeah. you know, I think they might have got lucky with that one because I think there's still something left in the tank. And he was a really good player in Houston before some of the injuries took over. So maybe they luck out. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, we should talk about and both of you is Aaron Sipas because I think yeah. everybody doesn't want him. And I see that reaction from you guys, but I'm going to tell you, I think he's locked in. And this is why Jake Elliott, 59 and 52. Yeah. He is just comfortable with Aaron Sipas as a holder. And to me, that's more important that he's banging through 59 yarders because they don't punt anyway. Every time they get over the 50, they go for it. It's true. Now, they, uh, you let, hold on. Time, time out, Philadelphia. Let me go down to McMullen Road because John <laughs> likes to say nobody cares about stopping the run until you have to stop the run. Yeah, nobody cares about punting That's until right. the second until half the of the Super Bowl, Bowl John. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think the Eagles, I, the Eagles' mistake to me in the Super Bowl 
and I don't want to re-legislate it, but he was out, whatever, seven weeks before that, and they kind of played the loyalty card. They shouldn't have played him. They should have played Brett Kern, who was How great. How bad was Brett Kern? He was bad, but he wouldn't have punted it the wrong way. And that was all, the you know, that was the issue. Um, so he would have probably punted it 40 yards and maybe get a 10-yard return. And who knows what happens from there. Um, but I think the Eagles organization made a mistake trying to be loyal and saying, well, this is our guy. Let's get him back for the Super Bowl. They probably shouldn't have done that. But I, I went through it with Blair Walsh. But he, he was an all-pro kicker. I probably told this story. He was an all-pro kicker, and they changed his holder, and he completely fell apart. Completely fell apart. I, so I've seen it before. And in Baltimore, when Ty Zetner held, he missed a kick. And it was a it was a long kick. I forget what it was. Do you remember, Jody? It was 48, 40. But he missed it. He's banging through 59 yarders and 52 yeah, yarders well, like they're well, nothing. The ones he made last night would have been good from 60. Yeah. 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 That, well, that 59 yarder was impressive. I mean, yeah. and, and, and it's funny, John, because when you said that, that was my thought last night. As I looked down after the kicks were made, I'd go back with my eyes and look at Jake. And there's, you know, Sipos right there with him. Um, and, and I had that brief thought about, you know, he does hold a vital role on that side and it, it, and you're right. It, you know, people may not think about it, but that is a, that is a, it's like a long snapper, man. That's a weird position to have to like, and to be good at it. it, You know, it's not just, you just insert player here and Hey, put your hand up and catch the ball and put it down stripes, you know, uh, laces out. And And, and by the way, sometimes it's more the kicker. If the kicker's just competent in him, sometimes it's in his head. But I did um, see, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sifting through the cobwebs sitting here uh, this morning. Um, I haven't had enough coffee yet, but I think Sipos did have a short punt again last yeah, night. He, yeah, uh, his punting, his thanks, punting, his actual job other. was not great. Um, so it, it, you have, and that's where I go back to, um, boy, it's really, it, it really, it, it, it's really a hard question, right? I mean, it, it, the trade-off of asking Jake Elliott to get used to a new holder versus being able to stomach one of those kicks that could give the other team a, a shorter field that, you know, it's, it, it's going to be a tough decision. I think for those, for the front office in that regard. Here's what bothers me. Cause you said about the Super Bowl last year, John, they probably shouldn't have made a change. Bring back. He wasn't ready. Kern was bad. There's yeah. not good enough. And then there's bad. Yeah. And Kern was bad. So you went with the unknown of whether Sipos will be bad or not. I didn't have a problem with the decision they made because I had just seen enough occurring to go, hey, maybe McMullen could punt. Uh, I, I just uh, get well, anybody I, out there I, I would say they were both bad as punters. So it was bad versus bad. And stay with the bad that's at least not rusty. That's what I would argue. I, I, I'm not saying Brett Kern was punting well uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Here, Here is the underlying question that I think needs to be answered. Why can't the Eagles – Judge punters, well, whose job is that? Is that Michael Clay? Do we just drop it at his doorstep? Is he in on the scouting meetings and leading up to the draft? And is he going to be the guy going through tapes of other punters when a punter gets released this week that the Eagles may or may not judge is better than Sipos? Who's making those calls for the Eagles? Well, Howie's making the calls, but 
Yeah, obviously. Who's he Michael's listening involved. to? Is Howie breaking down the tape of the uh, 64 punters in the NFL right now? Um, knowing Howie, probably. I don't think uh, I don't think he's uh, qualified to do it. But I mean, he's making these decisions, is what I'm trying to say. But uh, Michael's certainly involved, not to the degree that, like I always say, there's levels. Like when Jeff Stoutland says I want a player, they kind of defer to him. Um, and then there's levels down the coaching staff. Um, and not everybody's obviously on Jeff's level. Michael's probably in the middle. Um, and Tyler Brown's actually the kicking specialist, uh, Randy Brown's son. Um, he's the kicking specialist, uh, both punter and kicker. Um, look, it's another position they don't value, number one. Um, and they're probably right. Have they taken it too far? I don't know. Aaron Cipas, um, I thought was a good signing when they originally brought him in because he was in Detroit. Detroit, for those who don't know, is one of the best punters in football, uh, Jack Fox. Um, he really battled him hard. He, he looked like the best non-NFL punter. And I said, that makes sense. You know, bring that guy in. He lost to Jack Fox. Everybody, that's like losing to Jake, uh, 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 Justin Tucker. I mean, slightly exaggerating because Justin's yeah. the best all time, but he was the best punter in the NFL. And, and so, you know, and he did really well. Um, and obviously, they just had him in camp to rest uh, Fox's leg, but it made sense to me. And then he got here and he's had some ups, more downs. I don't think he's been terrible the whole time. I think that's overstated. I think he made a bad kick in the Super Bowl. He was out. I don't think he's a great punter. He's probably bottom 10, but I don't think he's terrible. I think that's overrated. And when you add in the holding aspect that I just did, I think that's good enough for the Eagles. That's the that's the mentality. That's okay. the center. And, and I'm just I, saying, I hope it doesn't bite him in the butt like it did last year in the last game of the season. I'm with you, Jody, but I also understand John's logic. And I, I just think that, uh, like John said at the beginning, they don't expect to punt much. Yeah. But all well, it takes too. is one yeah. shank or one And a big spot. And a big spot. And yep. it changes a game as we saw. But he was also out for seven weeks or whatever yeah. it was. You I know, just you saw hope he's healthy. Last night and I was you hope thinking. he's healthy. What yeah. his numbers, by the way, you know, because you got that kid in uh, Tennessee now. What the hell's his name? Stone something, uh, who set an NFL record. He punts it like 53 yards a punt. These guys have gotten so egregiously good. I just got, I just looked down. He had three punts, 45-yard average, 45-yard net. Mm -hmm. That's not terrible. No. That's that's not terrible. It, it's compared to – He had a 45-yard net with one that only went about 35 yards in the air? He had three punts for a 45-yard average and a 45-yard net and a 49 long. So his longest punt was 49. Um, it's not terrible. The one that was I, shorter did bounce. Yeah, I thought it was uh, – I would have bet – without looking it up, I would have bet on less than that. I was and, with you on that too. <laughs> and, John, oh, by the way, all these new, young, great – why can't the Eagles find one of them? 
Well, if there are these you, new you young the punters who are blasting at 65 yards, wouldn't that be like a smart idea for the Eagles to try and get, come up with one well, of these guys? They, they, don't, they don't care. I'm, I'm, you know, it's another position that they don't value. And, you know, sometimes they take it too far. Um, I would agree with that. I say it all the time at linebacker. I think they take it too far at linebacker. But they don't value the position. I, I I agree that you shouldn't spend a lot of time thinking about punter. It's probably we spent more time talking about it than they think about it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there's a there's there's a bunch of better punters than Aaron Sipas. I'm not going to say there isn't, but I don't think he's the worst punter in the history of the world either. I think no, that's that was large... Brett Kern, the guy he replaced going in. Yeah, well, that's true. He's better. Ryan Stonehouse is bothering me. He set an NFL record last year. Um, and, you know, he was uh, went to Colorado State undrafted. So you can find these guys. Uh, 53.1. That was his average per wow. punt. That, 53.1. That is very impressive. All right. Let's talk about things that will actually have an impact on the outcome of the game next week against the Patriots. Jalen Hurts played the same number of snaps in preseason that Scott Grayson played. Yeah. Um, and they were quality <laughs> snaps. I, I understand. The I think protection. Scott played more because he got reps last night. Yeah. Um, and and, the and there's a new Fox yeah. show. You got to tell us about the new Fox show. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you got reps. You got more reps than Jalen Hurts, I would <laughs> argue, is what I was trying to say. Go ahead, Jody. I'm sorry. I was just – going to suggest that no issues with this, right? That he was not the only quarterback in the National Football League to not play any snap. There's there's, there's few and then there's zero and he got a zero, but we're all cool with that, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm a little old school here. I would have loved to have seen the starters get one series last night. You know, that's me being nitpicky and Sure enough, one of them tweaks an ankle and I look like an idiot. So, uh, you know, I understand the logic and I'm not sitting here throwing a major fit complaining about it. I just think there's something to be said for the live bullets. Um, and I understand in these joint practices you get you get some of that. But there's not the fear of being hit and taken down and, and dropped and having to feel – you know, I feel like when you choose to do this, you also then have to accept that the first half of that first game, which is in New England this year, is going to be messy. It's just going to be messy in terms of timing. And, um, you know, I, if Derek Barnett gets out there, we all know he loves to jump before the, the snap. <laughs> You're going to get sloppy football in that first half of the first game. And um, that's my expectation. So I'm setting the bar low. Right. Yeah. But but this offense is they're all back. I mean, they all know each other. They've been working for more than a year together. So all my little bit about timing really shouldn't be a problem. And you'd like to think, at least on the offensive side of the ball, that in terms of timing and that type of thing, that they're going to be they're going to be OK. And I, I have faith in Jalen. You know, he got the contract. He's that leader. He's he's finally getting that recognition, I think, nationally that he that he failed to get um, from a lot of places, even into the Super Bowl last year. Now it's a matter of, of you've got to play with that target on your back now. And that's what I'm going to watch this year is, okay, now you've got that target. You've got that paycheck. You've got all that. How do you come out 
in week one because it all matters and it all starts right there. And how do you lead this team up there in Foxborough with the GOAT standing on the sidelines um, being honored before the game and, and it's yeah. Tom Brady day? And Okay, fine. And I don't expect that to bother him. But in terms of what I, you know, I'm kind of getting off tangent here. I, I would have liked to have seen like one series last night. Just go through the full warm-ups, knowing you're going to go out there and take the field for one series with your guys, and that's it. Take the pads off, enjoy the rest of the night. But I don't have any doubt that they'll be okay, and, and that, that offense will be fine, and the defense, for that matter, will be fine and, and ready to go. The only thing I would argue, Scott, is the one serious thing I don't get. Like, if you want to play, if you want to be Andy Reid and you want to play him for a half, I'm with you. All right, I get that. But what does one series do? Like, I look at Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, what did that accomplish? Yeah. Um, and and at S. Grayson Fox 29, make sure you follow Scott on uh, Twitter um, or X, as we call it now. Um, <laughs> and, and by the way, tell us about the new box show. But before you do that with Marcus, like, the Eagles scored, right? He got the short field um, with the Devin Allen kickoff return. And maybe, Jody, you can answer this because we were at the game. It sure looked like Kenny Moore should have intercepted that one pass. I think mm-hmm. it was to Deion Kane. That was his only completion. It was like a 20. 20- no, it was a good pass. He, from, threw it, from, he threw it in a tight window and got it there. From from the top, it looked like Kenny Moore just Calais Ringo'd it. Like he saw the ball coming and just didn't react. And had plenty of time to jump in front of him. And that's a pretty good player, Kenny Moore. That's one of their better players. It looked to me like he should have picked it off. I don't know what it looked to you, Scott. No, um, I, I, it's funny you say that. I thought I thought it was a, a bad pass. And the, I'm sure you noticed this, John. The frustrating thing in the press box last night was the game was on such a delay. It was like three yeah, plays behind. Yeah. So I would look up to see a replay to get the yeah. angle that, that Jody was watching. Yeah, and by the time you got it, you were three plays later, and yeah. just, you know yeah. it just was hard to to do. So I trust Jody's analysis that it was a good throw from up top. I agree with you. It looked like the route could have been jumped and taken, but hey, we, we we've taken enough pot shots at Mariota. He completes a pass. I'm not going to go. Oh, that was a well, no. Pass. I I only he brought the, it, he got the completion. I only brought it up because. You know, there's a feel-good aspect of the one drive, the offense scored, but they had to go 27 yards, and I brought up the, you know, that pass was kind of hink. Maybe it wasn't as hinky as I thought. Um, you know, what does it matter? My point, my overriding point was not Marcus. It was one series. one drive mean? Yeah, that right? I agree with you. Yeah. I just and so by the way, the other pass Mariota threw could have been pass interference. Yeah. So he goes one for two. I thought he could have been two for two. But again, it's only two for two. I didn't even bother doing two for two. That's yeah. the question we have at this stage. Yeah. All right, give us the breakdown on the new Fox show. What are we talking about here? Well, you'll see it's starting up uh, the night after the first game. So September 11th, uh, it's called the Fantastic Sports Show with a PH. Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic. It'll start. It, it comes on at 1130, and the idea is to break down the topics of the day. Uh, in many cases, it'll be, you know, that case on the first show, it'll be uh, – breaking down uh, the first game from the Eagles and looking ahead to the short week to the second game. And, and as well as, you know, Phillies will hit multiple topics. We'll have guests on every night. Um, Need a Phillies run. Need a Phillies run for Fox 29. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We, we enjoyed it last year. It was something. Um, And so it'll be, it'll be that you'll have Breland Moore, Jason Martinez uh, discussing all that. I'll be on there occasionally um, as well. and, And we'll, We'll bat it around like you guys do, but with all the different topics out there. And Sundays, what time? 
It's every night, 11. Every night, yeah, Cody. Monday doing through every Friday. Night. Monday, Monday through, through Friday. Friday. Monday through Friday. All right. We will keep an eye out for that. Scotty G, we appreciate you getting up with us today. Thank you much, sir. John, I'll see you plenty during the season. I'll see you when you come on and join us here on Birds 365. Thanks for doing it today. Yeah, and I, I I went up to John last night in the press box, and Jody, I, let me say it here, I apologize for missing my tea time yesterday morning with you guys. <laughs> Not a problem. Today would have been a tougher slot to book. So <laughs> Once we got through it yesterday, we said, oh, Scotty did us a favor by uh, yeah, volunteering yeah. for tomorrow. All right, well, I'll take the win. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That is Scott Grayson from Fox 29 and Sports Director here with us on Birch 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, we got game day Franklin. Or uh, post-game Franklin. Post-game. Post-game Chris. Post-game Chris. Uh, Franklin's going to join us in less than 25 minutes from now. We might get uh, some birds chirping. Although it's cloudy, it was raining. Probably not. Probably not. Which was weird. I know we got to get the break. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say this. I felt bad going to bed last night at like... The game ended at 11.10, somewhere there about. Do you know what time it ended, John? It was after uh, 11 o'clock, but it was yeah. not much after. And I went to bed like 10 minutes after that. Uh, there was nothing else. No baseball Phillies weren't playing, so I didn't really need to see anything. I'd watch the entire game. I didn't uh, stick around for any of the post-game stuff because it was as all-important a game as it was. Um so I kind of felt bad that I went to bed as early as I did, knowing McMullen had like two more hours of work ahead oh, of him. Yeah. And then, you know what? I couldn't sleep last night. It was my conscience. Now I'm getting a good night's sleep, but Johnny Mac's going to be up tired in the morning. I slept like crap last night. You know what time I got up today? Four o'clock in the morning. Wow. Yeah. And I couldn't I was, sleep. Uh, now, normally I get that, you know, my wife is, is in South Carolina. I mentioned that. So I was guilty all night because my dog was by herself and she's getting older. She doesn't like to be by herself. Um, so I'm like racing home. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back for the dog. And uh, yeah, we were out. I, 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 normally I'm up way early, but today I had to scramble. Uh, that's why I got the hat on. I, I, I was like, a, I was out when I, when I, when the when the head hit the pillow, I was You're out. Done. I couldn't. Yeah. I got up four o'clock, came downstairs to the, the man cave, got my setup. Go, I put on Impact Wrestling and fell asleep on Ooh, the couch watching yeah, Impact Wrestling. By the way, at four thirty in the morning. Speaking of, I gotta get my wrestling note in. Bray Wyatt uh, passed away at age thirty six. For wrestling fans, had a heart attack, uh, COVID related, uh, was out. Had some prior heart issues, got COVID, was really serious. So, you know, yeah, I joke about that a lot because the NFL sort of said, all right, COVID's over, but still exists. Uh, and when you see somebody 36 years old, um, you know, kids, his wife, his wife, Beyonce, I think, is Jose Offerman's daughter, um, the old baseball player. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sad, sad story. So I saw that as well uh, last night. Uh, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We're coming back. I got a couple things Eagle related and a couple nationally things. Jerry Jones opening mouth and inserting foot again. What do you do now? I missed it. You don't know the Jerry about. story? No. Oh my God. Read it during the, the quick break that we had. Uh, he's 
going to the defense of one of his players with a completely illogical stance. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it when we come back. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
A-L-E-X, Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here with you. John McMullen, Jody McDonald on Birds 365, day after the Eagles fell to 0-2-1 in preseason. What's Sirianni's uh, preseason record now, Johnny Mac? Uh, one, six, and two. Yikes. <laughs> one, six, and two. It's a good uh, thing he's good during that regular season. Otherwise, yeah. we'd be talking about oh, yeah. his job being in Uh Nah, not for the preseason. But, I mean, they don't, you know. I don't know what more evidence people need to know to say this this organization does not value preseason games. Maybe down the road, if there's another coach, it changes back a little bit because there are guys who still value it a little bit. Um, but this is not one of those organizations right now. They just do not value these games. Simple here's, as that. Here's where I think it could come into question. And this is pure speculation on my part. Um, they had one practice squad against the uh, joint practice against the Colts this week, which ended early because of a fight. Several other coaches around the league came out and said, you know, these two practice weeks, the second one gets real chippy. Yeah. And we don't yeah. achieve what we want to achieve. And these guys are playing each other back to back days. That doesn't happen in the NFL. It's a one game, one day, 60 minute thing. And then boom, you move on. But if you play against the same guys two days in a row, that there, there's the possibility of what happened happened. And you get mad. Somebody gets into a fight. Somebody gets hurt that the Eagles have attempted to, this was the first time they played the Colts, that they didn't do dual practices, right? Last year yeah. against Miami, they And they didn't even need the second one. All the chippiness happened in the first one. They That's didn't even what I mean. The second one. If, if you're going to completely blow away the preseason, which is what the Eagles do, and again, can't complain with the results once the regular season starts, but that's knowing that you do have these joint practices and you can get your work in there. If you're not going to give your starters work at all in any of your preseason games, uh, what happens if the other team says, yeah, no, we only want to practice once. And well, you, you want to do and two joint practices. I think we'll come in and practice with you, but we're only doing one. I think once is fine. Cause that happened in Miami last year as well. For different reasons, there was a virus going through the Miami locker room. So they Miami canceled the, the second one. Um, the Eagles practice by themselves. Um, I think they're fine with one. The issue would be if you have to, if they don't want to join practice, if the other team says, you know what, we don't want to do it. Um, then you might have to play some people in the preseason games, um, because you don't have joint practices. So I think that would be the more key part, but I, I did see Kevin Stefanski had an interesting twist on that, um, in Cleveland. He inserted a rule where if you start a fight and you're a starter, you have to play in the preseason game. And if you start a fight and you're a backup, you're not playing in the preseason game to sort of uh, try to prevent his players from getting chippy because obviously the starters don't want to play. They want to take the day off. They don't need the work. And the, the backups, the bubble players, they want to play because they want to show um, stuff on film and things like that. I thought it was an interesting way to handle it, and I thought it was a good idea. So I give uh, 
Kevin Stepanski a little tip, uh, tip of the Pro Football Hall of Fame cap I'm wearing, Jody. I noticed, yeah. Good-looking cap. I said, how'd you get that? You said they sent it to me. Nothing like getting swag delivered in the mail. It's nothing better than that. I give you yeah. that much, Johnny. Um, all right, the, the Jerry Jones thing. Did you did you look up anybody's writing? No, I didn't because I had to. I had to do some stuff in the commercial. All right, then then let me fill in the let me fill in the blanks for you. Um, Jerry Jones was asked about Sam Williams. Uh, rotational defensive player for oh, the yeah, Cowboys. Not bad. A solid player. Not a star by any stretch of animation, but a guy who's going to make their team and going to contribute to their defense. Well, he got pulled over um, for speeding to begin with. And then when they checked his car, he had both a controlled substance and a large enough amount of that controlled substance that he uh, that it could be felony weight. And also an unregistered weapon. So uh, I didn't really know bad. that was possible in Texas, the second part. But, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he he got caught with his pants down badly, did uh, Mr. Williams. Well, last year he had been arrested for going 96 miles an hour. What is it with the- these NFL players going 98 in Jordan Addison's case, I think he was going 140. Um, and we know what happened with Henry Ruggs and the tragedy. That, and we know what happened with Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, right. Um, what is it? I mean, man. The need for speed. But uh, uh, he got uh, in trouble last year for excessive speeding. So when asked about this yesterday, Jerry said, he believes Sam Williams is maturing because he was going significantly slower while speeding this year. He kind of looks right past the controlled substance and the unregistered gun that was in the car, but he's recre- he's decreasing the number of speeding miles per hour. He's over the limit. So that means he's a maturing young man. He said that out loud, John. He didn't uh, just that's... think it. He actually said it out loud. Uh, that's uh, that's analytics, uh, Je- Jody. That's uh, analytics. That's analytics. That's okay. the, the analytics department gave him that, uh, uh, no doubt. I would just say Jerry is. I'm looking it up as we speak. Jerry is 80 years old. Uh, I mean, you know, he should probably stop. How old is uh, the president? He's yeah. Well, Joe Biden should eight. stop as well. Uh, unfortunately, he can't. Uh, when you're in that position, um, when you're 80, yeah, man, yeah, you start saying some stupid crap. Some people will say I say stupid crap at uh, my age. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's stupid. But he's 80 years old. He should probably stop doing the weekly press conferences as weekly. well. Weekly, so. I think he has daily. I yeah. think that. Uh, well, Jerry- it's at least my. It's more than one. I shouldn't say weekly. It's at least you know a couple times a week. But yeah, and he, he talks after every game. That's great for our buddy John Machado and all the Cowboys beat right. That mm-hmm. stuff's great. But yeah, he's gonna when you talk that much, you're gonna you're gonna say some. Uh, at Stupid, some you point, you're going to say something foolish, and Jerry yeah. did it again yesterday. Uh, and the other national thing I wanted to run by you uh, before we punch up uh, uh, day after Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Um, apparently, the Miami Dolphins have leapfrogged the Philadelphia Eagles as the most aggressive pursuer <laughs> of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, 
the Dolphins actually put an offer on the table, although I saw a great quote. I was watching Good Morning Football right before I came on with you. Uh, they played a clip from Mike McDaniel, who is one of the more entertaining coaches. Unlike Jerry Jones, he says stuff that's stupid, but he does it with a smile on his face. Yeah, and he's a goofball. You, you know, I, he's I, just a goofball, right? Yeah. So they asked him about the report that said they had made an offer to the Colts for – and he went off on a tangent about reporters. Oh, wait a minute. I think my two and a half year old daughter just tweeted something and she's calling it a report. Yeah, so I think that was the uh, I think his two and a half year old daughter was the uh, Jonathan Taylor Eagles reports. Uh, I, I think she might have been the the impetus of that. Um, yeah, they didn't leapfrog the Eagles. Uh, the Dolphins have been checking on every running back. I mean, they obviously are not happy with their running back room. Um and, you know, I was surprised they didn't bring back Dalvin Cook uh, because he's from there. Um, he's always wanted to play there. I thought that would have been a natural fit. Um, but they checked in on Jacobs. They they obviously checked in on Taylor now. There's another one. Um, um, so they've been looking at every running back. Um, and, yeah, I guess they need – they don't feel comfortable with – Right. And, and they should. Uh, I had no issues with any of the guys I talked to. But at some point, if you're going to do that, you've sent a message. Because, see, and that's why I think the coach went off. Because if they don't get the deal done, he's going to be the one who's going to have to go back in and go, we love you guys to the running back room. Even though we talked to 42 uh, yeah. other running oh, backs yeah. during the offseason. Now you're going to be the guy who's going to have to get them all pumped up about they're your guys once the season gets underway if you don't get anybody. So that's why I think he was as ticked off as he was that he had to deal with that question yesterday. Yeah, they better get Jonathan Taylor. Because you're right, John. They've kind of let the world know our running back room isn't up to snuff, and we got to go out and do an upgrade. If you don't, then it's tough to get those guys to believe that they're as trusted as you want them to believe. Yeah, uh, that's always a difficult job of the coach because, you know, there are, I always say, you know, watch what a team uh, does, not what they say. Um, because Nick Sirianni here in Philadelphia, he's always going to talk up his guys. You've never heard Nick Sirianni throw anybody under the bus. Sometimes you'll see him. You know, we always bring up Derek Barnett. You know, that was one of, and he'll admit, that was one of his biggest mistakes as a young coach, getting caught emotional. I think that was the Dallas game. Those are, are in his first year when when he was caught mouthing, it's always him after an offside penalty um, for Derek Barnett. And now yep. nobody will shut up about it. Um, he He admits that was a huge mistake. And he also wore, you remember, I think that was the same week. I could be wrong. I think it was the same week. He wore the Beat Dallas shirt early in his tenure when they got waxed down there. Um, and he said that was a, a big mistake um, just to play up the, the rivalry and go rah-rah. Um, so, you know, he learned a lot in that two and five start. Those were two of his biggest lessons. Um but yeah, when your front office is on it, is that obviously looking for upgrades? It can make it difficult on a coach because yeah, he's got to deal with 
He's got players he has, players, especially right. if you don't get the player you want, which is always a possibility. You don't always get the player you want. That's how you get a head coach going, oh, wait, my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter just tweeted something. There's her report. You get a little perturbed by reports out there. I Did the Eagles, speaking of making a mistake, did the Eagles make a mistake yesterday, Johnny Mac, not acquiring Isaiah Simmons for a sixth-round draft pick? Wait, the- and I, I, I don't think so. Uh, as you pointed out, they didn't have a seventh-round pick. I, I just don't think. Well, they, like, they might have had a seventh-round pick, but if I'm the Cardinals and I'm saying the Giants are offering us a seven, the Eagles no. are offering us a seven, which seven's going to crop well, up first? Oh, that's going to be the Giants. Eagles going to be the end of the seventh round. Well, we, yeah, I agree. But what I'm saying is they don't have one right now, I believe. Um, so they would have had to go to a six anyway. Um, but, and you're right, they're a better team, so it would have, you know. You got to beat the offer. Yeah. So you got to go to six. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he'd be a fit here, man. He 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 can't find a position. Um, I think he, he's got tremendous talent, obviously. And, hey, he's very expensive because he's a former top 10 pick, so he makes a lot of money even though he's on his rookie deal. Um, he, I think that's a perfect fit for him, the Giants and Wink Martindale. That's the defense he's got to be in. He's got to be going straight ahead. So I say if he's with Wink Martindale – or Brian Flores, I'm like, all right, let's see what they can do with him. And if he can't succeed with those types of guys, um, then he's not going to succeed. Here, the way they play defense, he can't play in this defense. He can't. In a a Fangio defense, as, as physically gifted as Isaiah Simmons is, no, Fangio is not about uh, positionless no. players. No. It's about knowing your role, filling your role, doing it the way we're asking you to do it. It's not about improvising and just letting physical aspects of your game overtake a given play. Yeah, when I saw that, I said, Eagle? No, he doesn't work yeah. for the Eagles. My concern, though, is he's in the division, and he's with a coach that if anybody's going to unlock him, it's that coach. And if he turns into a player, you're going to get all the, oh, the Eagles should have got him. The Eagles should have got him. And I'm like, it, it's just not a fit. It's no, just it's not, not a, a fit. fit. Um, so I think it's a great fit for the Giants. I think it's a worthy uh, uh, just lottery ticket, whatever you want to call it. I think it is a smart decision by an organization that is starting to make smart decisions um, for their defense and that coach that is a worthy lottery ticket and maybe it doesn't work but maybe they hit a home run with it and then it, right. it's going to look it's, bad and it's a seventh round pick yeah, yeah. if you go down swinging yeah you're not exactly risking the future of the organization giving yeah. up a seventh round pick so i love it for the giants but i wouldn't have done it for the eagles nor nor what i have but i did like the player coming out of but it's like everything else. Some people were saying he's going to be the next Lawrence Taylor. And I was like, <laughs> well, come yeah. on, wait a minute here. He's, he's a nice, talented kid. And he's got some aspects to his game that could be intriguing on the NFL level. But let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. I thought he was going to be a good NFL player. To this point, he's been a bust. But uh, some people had him on a pedestal he didn't belong on. We'll see how he fits with the Giants. He could be a real nice fit in Martindale's defense. You're right. Uh, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. 
Our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com scheduled to join us next. Stay right here on Birds. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Yes, the preseason is in our rearview mirror. Thank you very much. Uh, we can start to look ahead to the Eagles and the Patriots. Here to help us do that while looking back to last night's 60 minutes of action. Uh, <laughs> I've been not all that action back. What if we go to... <laughs> we got to get the an- we got to get the analytics on how much action there was in that game, Chris. Chris Franklin. Yeah, uh, action's a definitely a word. Um, <laughs> we go that one, but you know what? If, for us, it was it, it, it went long and long for those guys that were on the field. Though they're they're playing for their livelihood and their job. So, yeah, man, Ben Van uh, Sumeren just got another tackle. Uh, wait, right. is that him over there? 
eight yards down I, the field. But I'm afraid he's going to hit me right now. It kept yeah. seeming like he was going around. This is Alex Singleton hit at tackles. That's what it seemed like they were. Yeah. <laughs> he he did play well last night, and if he gets through waivers, I think he's uh, almost a lot to be on this practice squad. Uh, but I'll go the other way. And a guy who the preseason, probably at least the last two weeks, have gone away that he can't be happy with. And that's Kayvon Wallace. I, I think you came out with, I know John said to me several times the first couple of weeks before the preseason started, either the games or the scheduled practices, that Wallace was playing well. Man, he's falling down the charts. He's still out there with 30 seconds to go in the game last night. Is there any chance that now he's a very good special teams guy and they could they've already taken special teams hits this year? Is there any chance Kayvon Wallace could be on the cutting room floor? Yeah, I think any of those safeties that were on the field last night, besides uh, we, we all know Reed Blankenship, he didn't do that, but I think any of them right now are in position to do that because we all kept seeing them get first team snaps throughout the rest of the, the last few uh, training camp practices. Yeah, you know, the Wallace, I, I will say this Wallace for me, I know he's. I feel like he's always been my crosser, looking like wise in the field, but he really did has improved. And I think it's to a point where I think he remains here this year. I think you look at, you mentioned the special teams, given the lack of experience they have on those units and given the issues we see, like it's still a lot of young guys. Some, they may have to put some vets who don't typically play those positions. At least with Wallace, you know, a guy who can run down the field who knows his assignment and get down there and he'll be okay with that. So I look at it, it's, I look at it between are you going to? I think it's a thing to worry about. Do they keep five safeties on this roster and maybe go light somewhere else? Because especially with the how many safeties they use on the field at times, that big nickel. So I think it's a possibility. I think it's, I put it probably as 55, 60% these days. Yeah, I would, I would think they, they almost have to keep all five. Uh, and, and in Kayvon's case, I think it, it became, even more clear when they lost both Zach McPherson and Sean Bradley. So all of a sudden he becomes even more important to special teams. Um, and Justin Evans is the guy who made sort of the late push as a potential starter. Um, that's the most interesting. Like, I, I think we're pretty locked down on everything else on this team, even running back. I think, you know, Kenny Gainwell has sort of stepped forward, uh, at least in the, as I call the high leverage spots. But safety, opposite Reed Blankenship, I got no idea, Chris. Week one, I I say it this way. Competency, Terrell Edmonds versus coverage, Justin Evans versus upside, Sidney Brown. Um, That's, I think, the decision. Or go trade for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the wild card in the whole yeah. entire thing because we always know they're talking and they're tinkering and trying to find out, trying to look around the league because there's going to be some guys that are going to be available pretty soon. So I really think it could be a possibility they can look out. But you know, I think that, I I think Edmonds if if they don't Edmonds, I think you can see all five there for it. But definitely, I think Edmonds, Blankenship, Brown, and then. And then uh, probably Wallace over Evans. Maybe. Would uh, if you uh, if you had a chance to catch me, I think I don't know if you tired. I didn't see any quotes from him, but uh, if you had the chance to ask Trey Sermon, do you think he would have said, "Yeah, ten would have been enough. Twelve carries, max. Sixteen carries." They yeah, I don't think that's a good. I, last I, night, I, Trey. I don't. I don't think it's a good sign for Trey Sermon that 
they only dressed two running backs, Tracy yeah. and Kennedy Brooks. <laughs> and he got so many carries. I mean, that's the – and I hate to use that term, but I always use the term, crash dash dummy, preseason three. You know, they're trying to protect yeah. the other guys, and poor Trey Sermon's got to go out there and get hit 16 times. 16 times. Yeah, yeah I saw I a shock. When you see them all running out, and you see, like, all the other guys who are dressed and looking around, and you see the two just going back and trying to warm up. It's like, yeah, guys, uh, we're feeding to the Lions. Uh, good luck with this one. So, yeah, it was – I was shocked. Like, I thought maybe they dressed maybe one more, like a penny or something like that, but – Goes to show you where that competition is right now, and the fact he only averaged like one point nine yards per carry yeah. behind that line. That well, was that we was a long of six, though, Chris. <laughs> you know that uh, very memorable there, you know, game breaking t- now. Nah, but yeah. yeah, I thought I thought he'd be a guy who would make it tougher, especially one of those like one of those spots. But it, it can show you how good Penny became and, and started to learn this offense. And I think if anything. You're now looking at Sermon. The question is going to be: Is he going to be clear away? Because teams like the Colts are going to need somebody to in that backfield. That's true. The Colts, yeah, the Colts are interesting because of Shane's presence. Um, yeah. I got to believe there's other teams out there with with better running backs, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, you know, one thing I threw at Jody earlier, and I want to throw it by you because a lot of people. Uh, look at Aaron Seaposs, and they don't want Aaron Seaposs here to be the punter. But I looked at I, I looked at it from the perspective of Jake Elliott nailing fifty nine yard field goals that could have been good from sixty five and fifty two yard field goals like it was nothing. And he just trusts Aaron Seaposs as the holder. And if you go back to the Baltimore game. The one time they gave Zentner a chance to hold, it was a perfect hold. It wasn't his fault. He missed the kick. Yep. It, it kind of feels like it feels like another number ten that was here when he came to Coy Detmer when he was working with David Akers. And yeah. I don't know, maybe it's about something about that number where they feel comfortable with holding. But yeah, that in itself, that field goal operation, you 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 wonder if that's the reason why he's still here because his punts, even the one last night that went like 30 yards and they had to bounce, 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 yeah. of like 11, yeah, 12 bounce, yards. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was rough to watch. And we'll see. And he hasn't sustained it for a long period of time. He'll, he'll start like two years ago. He starts the season well. And then all of a sudden it's, yeah, it, it fizzles down the line. And I don't know if he's going to still continue to be able to do that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they look out, like, especially if Arizona, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the others see who comes on the on the waiver wire because even though it is very very important to do that and you don't want to see your punter on the field a lot and if anything maybe two three times I still think they, they're still going to be looking on, on, looking out there and holding going to be required. I don't I don't think they want to mess with Elliot. I think they're like punter's not that important. Who cares? We're not going to punt. We're past the fifty. We're going to go for it all the time. Um. Boy, I think they're just going to say we don't want to mess with Jake Elliott with a new holder. I, I, only, I, go ahead. I was, I'm sorry, excuse me for interrupting. The, the only thing I have to look at is when Brett Kern came back in there last year, they did all right and they held that's it. Granted, he's a veteran. I was going to ask, were they that yeah. bad with Kern last year? No, that's did Elliott true. have a slump? But, yeah, or was it just the one missed kick he had this year? No, that's true with Brett Kern. That's a good point. But, um, I would say that Brett Kern is also Methuselah and has, you know, been doing it for 75 years. 
by the way, a former Pro Bowl punter. Um, he's he's a bit different than a than a young guy coming in who hasn't been doing it as long as him. Uh, and that, in theory, would be, I think, what we'd be talking about. I don't think we'd be talking about another Brett Kern type at the end of a a Pro Bowl punting level career. Um, so I think we'd be talking about a young guy. So a Zetner type guy, which is a little bit different than Brett Kern. This would be my counter argument. Yeah. And, it's, and one of those things like this, when you look at the free agency list, there's nobody that's really out there. grabs you like, wow. All right. You need this guy or, or a future, like, like a Pro Bowl type or, or one of the top 10 punters that are out there. And you ain't going to trade for, you ain't going to trade a pick for a punter or that, something like that too. So, we well, just, fans, a lot of fans want Matt Ariza, uh, who would obviously punt the ball very well. Um, but I don't know about the other stuff. I don't know if the Eagles want to go down that route. Um, he's yeah, interested. Just, I know that. I, <laughs> yeah. uh, I went down this road with uh, John and Scott Grayson before, and now I'm going to take you down it too, Chris. Uh-oh. Last night, one guy with his level of play, in the third preseason game, which I know its level of importance and how much stock the Eagles put into it. But this guy was good enough throughout the preseason, and specifically last night. I think Eli Ricks moved the needle enough to go from a guy they try and sneak through waivers to get to the practice squad to, uh-oh, we got we to gotta keep him on the roster because if we do, he's going to be snapped up by somebody else. Do you think there was uh, that he showed enough last night that that could actually be a conversation Eagles are having this morning? I think Eli Ricks to be one of the gyms that like the the unsung gyms that they signed off the offseason that winks his roster. I really believe that. I look at the way the coverage he plays, the way the way he plays inside, he the way he even baits receivers into thinking which way he's going to go, and then try and he's able to stick cover, stick be able to stick on pretty well. He's physical enough to do that. I like I like it a lot and. You know, supposedly, like, really, Goodrich has that injury, the, ham- the hamstring injury. Maybe it's one of those things where we see some, cre- and maybe it's creative uh, creative roster usage right now. He's starting to see some stuff where, but I look at him and I think, you know what, I think it's a guy you can't, somebody's going to pick him up. And we know how valuable corners are. Those edge parts are deep as corners, edge rushers, everything else, how valuable they are. I think he's played his way onto this roster, and I think he's going to—he could be really good. In fact, I think he, yeah, I'd say he's played better than Ringo at this point so far. And, I agree with that, but they can't. That's my problem. They can't cut Ringo. We right, know they're yeah. not cutting Ringo. I don't think Ringo's played well at all. Yeah, Ringo starts gotten, the most I I think he's gotten a little bit better on special teams. Maybe that could be his role early, but um, I think Makai Gardner's had a better summer. Um, maybe Eli showed up in the games a little bit more. Certainly, you know, again, the Baltimore game was, he was fourth team playing against a fourth string quarterback and he got the pick six. So I didn't put much stock into that. Uh, But yesterday was better. And as I said to Jody, I hesitated, which I don't like to do with the third preseason game. I try to ignore it as much as possible. Um, And I said, yeah, he's making a nice little push here. But I think the body of work for Makai Gardner has been better. And I don't think he's making the team. So how does Eli Ricks make the team? I don't, I don't, 
And I like Gardner a lot. I thought he got he gets a little handsy sometimes. He does. He's very physical for a, you, you don't see many physical corners coming out now. Um, at least certainly not undrafted. Um, maybe the top tier guys, but um he's very physical. So there's some good to that as well. Um but you mentioned Goodrich, right? That we know they're keeping uh, Slay, Bradbury, Josh, Joe, Kelly, Ringo, and then you need two slot corners, Avante, and insert name, which would be Goodrich if he's healthy. Can he keep seven corners? I can't keep seven corners. If you can just, I think you could justify it special teams wise. I think it's one of those. This could be one of those 53s where we see it's heavy on the defensive side. Maybe they go back, they take one less offensive lineman. But I think it's one of those things where it maybe could be a little bit more heavier skewing towards that side because of the injuries, because of the injuries that have occurred on that side of the ball and because of special teams. And there's a lot of talent, especially on the edge rusher. Maybe maybe one's traded away. I mean, maybe that's how they solve one of those. Uh, yeah. And nickel, by the nickel. way, you bring that up. Uh-oh. The one name we brought up, I should have mentioned this earlier too, and, and Jody and I discussed it. Um, Cantavia Street getting not playing. That that shocked me. That was the one name. Maybe a little Suo Peta. I'm like, why isn't Sue out there? Um, <laughs> but uh, Street even more so because I think they're deeper on the defensive line. What do you think that was about? Contavious Street not playing? Versatility. That's what I think. Because I like he could play defensive tackle and defensive end. And Morrow, I know Morrow's coming, like he's working his way back from that concussion. But I think he's able, his versatility, being able to align in different areas, I think that's a key thing, especially as a veteran, a veteran uh, defensive tackle. And I thought he played okay in the games. He played decent, like okay to decent in the games. Nothing like, wow, look at this way. He got a lot of pressure every time, and he was a force in the middle. So it could be. I look at it as more of things like, okay, he's a veteran presence who can move around the defensive line if you need to. Maybe he's on the inactive list, but he's still there. And you roll with uh, maybe move on from an, another guy. And, and I'm trying to think of a defensive tackle you really move on to from, but yeah, maybe two below. I honestly, even then, it's like. He's a nose tackle who probably will be on the inactive list a lot. So uh, it is a surprise for sure. I John mentioned earlier about uh, potentially doing some roster games by playing with their long snapper. Just tell them, hey, listen, uh, you know we love you. You're signed. We got to release you. You'll be on waivers. You're a veteran. You'll be back in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, we're not cutting you, but we got to cut you. And uh, they would not, but not the first time they did it, not the first time it's done across the league. It's been done before. Where's that other spot on this roster? And could the third quarterback be part of it? Can they get Tanner McKee through waivers? Is the question I'm asking you. Could they cut both Ian Book and Tanner McKee? I, I don't think somebody's gonna snap him up. I think he, the, the way that he's played. It, somebody's that tapes out there, and people have seen that. And yeah, he's played too well for him to even try a risk like that. That that's ooh, I think you, you, like you're looking at like maybe an offensive lineman. Maybe you do it like, hey, listen, 
Yeah, we, we like I it. I agree. You can't hide Warriors. quarterback. You can't yeah. hide quarterback. Like that's the worst thing about Eli Ricks. Like I wish he didn't play as well as he played, because um, that's the kind of guy you want to hide and get on the practice squad, um, and you don't want to make him plays in the preseason with a quarterback. You just can't hide a quarterback, and teams are desperate uh, for quarterbacks. Um, yeah, he's a guy. I would say there's no way you get him through waivers. Um, yeah, he's he's gonna be snapped up with a quickness. Maybe you go one of the uh, one. Maybe you go. I know definitely off the line for Maybe you go. Hey, Britain, listen, we're gonna get you go say somebody else and bring him back that way too. Somebody, I think you maybe get him through waivers too. So, uh, yeah, but damn, McKee's played too well to to, to to risk that part of that. Um, offensive line, I got, I got each solidified. The five starters, which we all know, I hope you know, uh, Jack Driscoll, <laughs> um, Tyler Steen, um, and who am I missing? Um, Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson, thank you. Two-year contract. Uh, that solidified him. And then I think they're going to keep nine. And to me, it comes down to Sua Opeta versus Josh Sills. And Jeff Stoutland has already screwed me once with Josh Stills uh, <laughs> losing the uh, 53-man roster pool. Is he going to do it again? Because Sua Opeta is, is – he didn't dress – so he was a deference player. Um, he's been ahead of Josh Sills. Um, doesn't have as much versatility as Josh Sills, who can play basically everywhere. Um, you remember it first caught Stoutman's eye when both left tackles were hurt last year, and he, they yep. stuck him out at left tackle. Um, that That's a tough decision for me. Sua Opeta versus... Josh Sills, or maybe somebody night? else. Did Sills no, play last Opeta, No, he both was... of them sat. No, Sills started. Sills started. That's why. No, uh, he didn't even start. He was on the second team. I bet. I bet. Uh, Julian Good Jones started. Um, so Sills was on the second team offensive line yesterday. Um, and Sewer didn't dress. That's got to bode well for Sewer, right? I would tend to think. Yeah, and they, and it, they hesitated when they had to release him last year because they had to make some moves to, to, to bring some people on the roster. They hesitated in trying to waive him because they like him because they were afraid that people teams were going to snap him up. He can play both guard spots. He started a couple a few games well, for Miami his team. Did a couple, remember a couple of years ago, Miami tried to sign him off the practice squad. The Eagles had to elevate him and put him, yep. on, the, on, put him on the roster. And, and, um, and they really like him. Really, really like him. And, and it goes to show you, you thought Dennis Kelly would have been like the guy who you're like, yeah. wow, he's that. But it doesn't look, he didn't look the same. He, he hasn't. No. But I think it's, I think it really thinks Sua gets the, gets the nod. Josh is, especially on the inside, I guess it's those bigger power rushers on the inside. He's just, he's had issues with get, them getting leverage on him and he's giving up a lot of pressure in there. So, well, there's yeah, a name think, we never talk about. And I just brought up Julian Good Jones. He started at left guard yesterday. It was Fred Johnson, Julian Good-Jones, Josh Andrews, Tyler Steen, Dennis Kelly. That was the starting offensive line. He can play guard and center. I was going to say, how if you had to say Andrews against him for center, who would you say is the better backup center? I go with Andrews. Uh, I go with the veteran guy who can still play guard as well, too. And there was 
Good Jones did not have a good start to that game at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot a lot of frustration on Aaron Fuller. I saw like it, it, he's to me, you see the traits why they wanted to keep him, but I don't think he's anywhere close yet as to being a guy you can feel comfortable enough putting on the fifty three. I think he's back on a he's another guy that's gonna be back on the practice like like he's gonna be another second year practice squad guy because he'll be good, he'll give a good look. Depth on the offensive line is very good right now. You saw by the way, we talked about Trey Sermon. The poor guy's got 16 carries for 30 yards. There's no room. There was no room for Trey Sermon. This Eagles backup offensive line isn't as good as what we're used to. Um, I'm a little concerned with that, especially with the aging players. And we've seen it before when Lane Johnson got hurt at the end of the Doug Peterson era. <laughs> they went off the rails. Um they had two injuries at the end of uh, the Andy Reid era. They went off the rails. That could really disrupt things if they get the wrong injuries on this offensive line because I just don't see – for all the criticism of Andre Dillard, that was a really good backup. Uh, Cam Jurgens, as a rookie, was a really good backup from a talent perspective. Well, Cam's a starter now, and Andre's in Tennessee making $10 million. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't have that this year. Is that a concern of yours? Yeah, because I think they can get by with one injury because you can just plug in Driscoll and you'll be okay. Use two injuries, and especially to, like, say, Mylotta, left tackle. I like Fred Johnson the way he's playing right now, but there's a drop-off between Mylotta and Johnson. So if you lose him too, I think you're really looking at a, a lot of a very questionable uh, season from here on out because – how many times have we seen every year whenever there's an Eagles uh, lineman that's released, like, say, K.O. Osika, Jack Anderson, people are running to pick him up. Yeah, You don't see yeah. that guy this year. It's yeah. too, there's too many question marks when he comes there. So they, they need those guys up front to stay healthy because if not, Jalen Hurts might be running a lot more than what, than what they want, really want him to do. All right, Chris, if I answer this the last time we had you on, I apologize for asking it again. But with every passing opportunity they have to show, be it in a joint practice or, well, not really last night in the game because the guys who I'm going to ask you about all got deference and didn't play. Last year's defense, no, it was Gannon's defense, but it was a Fangio defense, and that helped to get decide the job. They had their starting linebackers, and they played basically every snap. They had their starting safeties, and when they were in the game, CJ, DJ injury, they played every snap. The backups didn't play. There was no situational substituting at either of those positions. Uh, up until a couple of days ago, Cunningham outstanding uh, in his couple of joint practices is, I think, pretty much stamped himself as the starting other linebacker. But we're only seven days removed from going Who's starting with N'Kobe Dean? Are we going to get the same setup at those two positions? Are the guys who win the job going to be out there every single play? Or will the new defensive coordinator think about doing some situational substitution that maybe there's something that Ellis does better than Cunningham? And if we've got it locked in on a down and think the other team's going to try and do that, let's try and get them on the field. We know it's safety. John just described the three different safeties and what their strong suit is. Do you think we're going to see more substituting at those positions this year than we did last year for the birds? 
I do. I think the one I think Dean's going to be a three down linebacker. I think you're going to see him or that. But everything else, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if you threw in Morrow. You see he Morrow and Cunningham all rotate in that in that off ball backer, especially at safety. Depending on the situation, I wouldn't be surprised if you see whoever they keep. That like you definitely see Reed and Edmonds back here at back deep. Maybe you bring Sidney Brown in to in, in certain thing passing downs and have him lurk around close to the line of scrimmage and, and, and use his aggressiveness to the, in, in that uh, in that type of way. It's, I think it's going to be a lot, especially it's already matchup driven when it comes to his coverage schemes and when the guy's passing, passing off the receivers and, and knowing the communication. I think part of that way is going to be include bringing in the guys off the bench. And that's where that communication is going to have to be. I mean, I thought it was interesting that they work more and more like more sideline stuff this training camp where they worked on the substitutions because we all know that play that happened in the Super Bowl where you got upset about wide receiver coming on, like not the right substitution. So they worked on it a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a byproduct of that to see more, more substitution groups start to come in there. Um, Yeah, I'm getting tired of this defensive scheme, by the way, Chris. I'm <laughs> tired of it. Uh, You've been I'm tired of it since we started Burt's 365, Man. Johnny Mac. <laughs> Man, we saw now. Granted, it's third and fourteen players for the most part. But how many blown coverages did we see? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't get these coaches. Sometimes I don't get. I mean, it, to me, you, you get a high level athlete. We'll use Eli Ricks as an example. You know, former five star recruit, um, out of, coming out of high school. Obviously, he's got physical gifts. And when he's matched up one-on-one with Michael Pittman, who's a pretty good receiver, Alec Pierce, who's solid, you know, he he makes a play and and people start to notice. And then you tell him to use these, you know, mix zones and uh, with man, you know, uh, principles and, you know, all this overloading and, oh, you know, they blow a coverage and you're like, why point at the guy <laughs> hey you got chris franklin you got jody mcdonald you're a great athlete go go stick to him i want i i you know it's ironic because i get killed for being a jonathan gannon fan which i am i love the guy i freely admit um i don't like this scheme i've never liked this scheme i think it's too complicated especially for younger players the guys who succeed in this scheme are the veteran savvy players. You know, look at Patrick Peterson in Minnesota last year. Had a great season. The only defensive back. Why? Because he's 160 years old and he knows everything and has seen everything. And he understands that stupid defense. Give me Wink Martindale. We were just talking, <laughs> about, we were just talking about Isaiah Simmons. Eagles fans wanted him, Chris. He'd be a disaster in this scheme, a disaster. In that defense, he can go straight ahead and be a wrecking ball. Like, put Sidney Brown with Wink Martindale. Put Sidney Brown with Brian Flores, and you might have something. Put Sidney Brown with this crap, and you're going to have blown coverages all over the place. I'm sorry. I'm on no sleep. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I guess I'm like, oh, whoa, you're passionate about it. That's it. Yeah. There. But when I look at it, I look at the defense, it, it is, it does skew more towards the veteran guys because 
with all the Vangio schemes, you see the rotations trying to confuse the quarterback with the coverages and everything, the way they're going, it's like, wow, it looks like it's, it, it's definitely unique when it comes to that stuff. But I also think you can't, I don't think you can go the Wink Martindale route because with all the blitzes, it's just going to be a bunch of quick passes, get them out, and you and, and you just go from there. And we've seen them get burned so many times with that as well, too. I think it's a happy, if they can find a happy medium, I think that'll be cool. And I'm, I'm really curious. And I saw a couple, we saw it a couple times last night because I wonder if the side was just getting frustrated with the first team still being out there that they did use a little bit more blitzing than normal. So maybe there's going to be a, a, a well, combination. It's not, it's of not that. just the blitz, though, because I'm not a big blitz guy. I think the dumbest thing in the world is if you're getting 70 sacks to blitz. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you got a front that can get home, I'm I'm not talking about blitzing. That's uh, that to me is a separate. I think people that complain about this team blitzing are just missing the point. I mean, you don't you don't if you don't need to blitz, you don't blitz. The only reason you blitz is if you need to blitz. And occasionally, you know, if you want to throw a curveball at the quarterback, to me, it's not about that. It's just simplifying things and making people play fast. You know, whether it's Tony Dungy or Leslie Frazier, those guys, simplify things and let them play fast. Don't make them think, especially younger players. Yep. Now that 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 to me is the way to go. All right, Chris Franklin, let's end on this note. Prediction time. Two-part question. Okay. Number one, the leading sack man for the Eagles in game one, under over one and a half, which mm. I know we can have a push because they split sacks from time to time. But will an Eagle defender get two sacks week one? And number two, if they do, who's going to get the two sacks? Hmm. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go yeah, and I'm gonna go Josh what? Josh I think he's played well. I think he I think he gets it. One I think it's gonna be like earlier on, and then one I think the Eagles are gonna be up by like say like ten. It's gonna be like the yeah. fourth quarter. Tell and me then, the score, baby. If they're up ten, <laughs> yeah, it's over. If they're down ten, I'm going under. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the way. But I think I think Sweat I think Sweat's probably even be one of those guys who increases his numbers. I think he's he's that he's been oh, that he's good got, and got he that defensive line. Great, great summer. Josh yep. Sweat, great summer. Good uh, pick. Really good player. With sack, though, I'm always picking Haas. I'm always picking oh, yeah. Reddick. He's going to get the most sacks. Uh, and he's going to be healthy, or so they tell us. Right. I was going to say, until <laughs> he gets whatever's off his finger, you don't know. So that's why mm -hmm. I like Franklin selected. Christopher, always a pleasure. Thank you for doing it. You know how much we're going to talk to you during the season. Enjoy your couple of days where you get to take a deep breath before you got to really get the work. And take a nap. How much deep sleep breath. you get? How much sleep you get? She went to bed at five thirty. Like five thirty. Are you spitting me? No, I, I watched the game. Like I like to really get into the game and really start to break it down. So yeah, um, after this, I'll probably take a quick like little nap after this, and then get right back up I and get had, back at it. I had gone to bed and gotten back up before you ever got to bed at all. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You're dedicated, Franklin. That's why we love you. Thanks very much Thanks, for jumping man. in with us. Thanks, Thanks, right. Thanks guys, for having me on. Appreciate it. NJ.com, by the way. Make sure at C. Franklin News on XX. NJ.com is where you can find all of Frank. And extensive. He's got to be writing up a storm if he's staying up till 530 to break yeah, down film. Jesus. Man, that he's is above and beyond. Seriously. 
yeah. more seriously than I am. But that's... somebody, somebody in the comments said I take the preseason game too seriously. You don't know me, man. I don't take it at all seriously. Did they not? When I ask you? questions of other people, that doesn't mean I, I take it. Jody and Scott Grayson and Chris Franklin think Eli Ricks is going to make this team. I do not. All right. I'll, I'll explain to you why you're wrong about that. We got. Well, I a... could be wrong, oh, but well, I'm just I'll, saying. I'll explain not... it to you yeah. when we come back. We're going to take a quick time out, and I'm going to explain it to you. Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Back guys running out of time here on a Friday on Birds 365. Oh, next week will be good because we'll be actually leading up to a game that counts, unlike last night's game, which I think counts some more so than John does. That's uh, apparent because, as we were saying just before break, uh, the whole Ken Ricks 
be a guy that they can sneak through to the practice squad. Uh, John has said that he thinks Garner's had a better overall summer than Rex. Rex had just played better in the preseason games, which I'll believe you because you're there at practice every day. I'm not. So you've seen what you've seen. I have to accept that uh, your evaluation is accurate. But here's what I think you're underselling, John. When you're making a decision on who to keep and who to not and who to be able to get through and who's going to get claimed, you have to put yourself in the mind of what the other teams out there are looking at. Well, they're looking at the preseason game tape. They don't have tape of your practices. Thursday afternoon, John McMullen watching the refs, the, refs, the, the, the quarterbacks are taking. They don't have a, a, a clue about that. The other 31 teams who may decide to pick him off. And you got to look back on what these guys got. They were undrafted free agents. How much of a commitment did the Eagles make to them with uh, guaranteed money? Wasn't Rick's their highest paid undrafted free agent? Didn't he get the most guaranteed to sign? I think he got more than Garner did. Uh, and he played. Boy, I usually have that right off the top. That's a bad job by me. Um, I don't think he was. I don't think he either was. I forget who got the most money. Um, boy. Um, I should but know it's that. Certainly he was the higher profile. You wouldn't. Oh, no. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. Yeah. So um, you have to take into consideration what the other teams are thinking. That if you had to go a little further, and oh, by the way, Eagles didn't need corners because you got your two starting corners, you got two Pro Bowl corners. And if they went this high in the bidding for them, they really liked the guy. And that means they were bidding against somebody else. There was some other team out there. Why would Ricks want to come here and play when he knows he's going to be buried behind two guys at a Pro Bowl level? Well, they must have given him more money than anybody else. That's why I think he's got a chance to make the team. If you're you're right, I think, I think they evaluate a, I their think own what a, they didn't camp, but um, you got to you got to take into consideration what the other thirty-one teams are thinking too. I believe it was Nada who got the most money. Who, by the way, has not uh, can't get separation. Uh, he there was a lot of hype about him, um, but I'll double check. Remind me that when we get back on uh, Monday, if you can remember what day are we in? Yeah. Monday. Today's Friday, big guy. Um, it all runs. I'm on no sleep, Jody. Um, look, I, I'm probably going to win and lose this thing on Eli Ricks because everybody thinks it seems. I just checked, you know, Dave Zangaro, buddy, just had him on the roster. There's a lot of people that think he made the roster. I'm not. I'll tell you right now, I've said it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm here every day. You can kill me. Um, you know, who started last night? Makai Gardner. Not Eli Ricks. He's had a better summer. Now, I asked Nick Sirianni um, after the game, I said, you know, how much can this final preseason game tilt things? And he went back to Austin Eckler, and he told a story where he was not going to make the team. And he had a great final preseason game, and all of a sudden he became, he made the team, and he ultimately became Austin Eckler. So I'm not saying it can't happen. It's happened in the past. Um, but I got to I gotta lean on what I saw all summer, and to me it looked like uh, Makai's ahead of him. He has been ahead of him. He was ahead of him going into last night. Doesn't mean he can't kick it in. But, see, here's the problem. I can't get Makai on the 53. So, to me, he's got to jump over Goodrich. And that's what they need. They need a backup slot corner. 
And maybe Josiah. They, they have a backup slot corner. He's starting outside. No, 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 no. He's not. Yeah. He's not a backup slot corner. He's not playing in the slot. Might play in the slot as a curveball, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, I, I just think the numbers game, not that he's a bad player, not that they don't want to keep him in the organization. I just think the numbers game is too daunting. And, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. We shall see. Yeah, we'll find that out next Tuesday, which means we got to get to all of next week. We'll be debating <clears throat> Mr. Ricks all next week. That's why you're coming back next week here to Birds 365. McMullen and I will be back in two and two days. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.